season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, Philadelphia Eagles faithful. Welcome to the second episode of Eagles Talk with Deeg. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already... Please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can give us a rating. You can give us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. That would also be greatly appreciated. Today's episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below the waist grooming, want you to shave your pubes with the Tom Brady of ball trimmers. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0, only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. When you're towards the end zone, make sure you use the right tools for a job and choose Manscaped. Two million men worldwide trust them, so join the movement with an exclusive offer for the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Inside, you'll find the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, air and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, crop reviver toner, plus two free gifts in the performance package 4.0. That also includes boxer briefs and the shed travel bag. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK at manscaped.com. That's code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK. Take your balls to the defense. Take your ball defense to the promised land with Manscaped. And our podcast is also sponsored by CoolBet. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use the deposit code DOINK for a 100% welcome bonus up to $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK. And CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet. Stay cool and that response me. So today I'm I'm happy to announce that I'm joined by Chris Franklin of NJ.com. Chris, man, how are you doing today? Hey, Brendan, how you doing, man? Great to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. So we are two sleeps away from the first uh, football game. Five sleeps. Am I doing my math right to the first Eagles game? Yeah, we're just getting close. Look? Yeah, it's almost <laughs> there, man. So are you? When are you? Are you heading out to Atlanta? Yeah, we're uh, heading down on a Saturday and uh, getting prepped and set, ready to go. I mean, it, it seems like this season came so quickly. You know, you wait, like everything happens so quickly. We saw Doug Peterson leave and we see Nick Sirianni come in and then all of a sudden now, hey, first game's right around the corner. It's, it's crazy how fast it came. It's it's insane. And this Eagles offense was, or this Eagles offseason definitely didn't have a lack of news. So maybe that's probably <laughs> why it went by it went by so fast. So just could just uh let's put a bow on uh, training camp. How was training camp for you? And how did you think maybe just the overall environment was in Sirianni Ramp? Well, it seemed like they were really detailed oriented. I think overall it was it went well for what they were trying to accomplish. You saw a lot of fundamental focus on fundamentals and the team really trying to make sure whether it be route running, whether it be footwork with quarterbacks, whether it be getting inside leverage with the defense, with the defensive, it, it, the defensive side, you saw a lot of that going on. And it was, it was refreshing in a way. It was almost like watching like a call, uh, like a college in a way, a college practice in a way, seeing the focus on that stuff. So I thought that was pretty interesting to see. Yeah, and you could see it too. Like there was always videos. Like he was very hands on with the wide receiver, uh, especially, and that was probably an emphasis. I, and I always said that when he was hired, I always thought, I think it was more like maybe just the wide receiver uh, knowledge that he had in general, just the offense. Like I think 
Howie and Lurie are just kind of sick and tired of seeing kind of the Eagles become a great a graveyard for wide receivers, not able to kind of develop their own. So that that was really uh, that was really encouraging to see. In, in general, would you like did what you saw in training camp? I don't know if you've been to training camps in years past. Would you think that it was kind of uh, it was a good sign, or or, or is like did you not see what you wanted to see? It was kind of a disappointing of what you saw on the field in training camp. Uh, yeah, this is my second season, so I got to see the last year of Doug. So it was okay. interesting to see the contrast and where you had two and a half hours where you saw guys standing around and you had first ones going with ones. We had the 10, 10, 10 periods and you saw stuff like that. But it was almost like when I used to just watch from from afar, look at the Chip Kelly practice where you saw like three different everybody was getting reps. At the, you saw like the th- all three teams breaking up and being part of it. And I thought that helps out a lot because. As much as you you say like okay well you get the mental reps mental reps is not for some people are not the same as actually doing it and physically getting used to what their assignments are so I thought that was very it was different different in a way and I, I thought overall it, it, I thought compared to what it was last year I thought it was, it was nine, to me personally I thought it was a lot better more more it like it seemed like the players looked a little bit more engaged because they weren't standing around so much so I thought that was a little mm-hmm. bit interesting but. I, I, I probably say I like the way this one was run a little bit more than what it was in the, in the Peterson era. All right, let's move on. Of course, training camp is over. We're here again five five days away from Eagles' first game against the Atlanta Falcons week one. Eagles are currently three-and-a-half-point underdogs on Cool Backhand if you do want to take luck of putting some money down. I uh, This game coming up here in Atlanta, I, I haven't – like I can't say I know too much – about the Falcons, just kind of in general, their offense, defense, just yet. Of course, they drafted Kyle Pitts in the first round. It, 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 just in general, as a week one opponent, what what are you looking for from just the coaching staff to kind of prepare for this Falcons team? Well, I want to see how, I mean, we've seen so much, like their true offense, the the one that they, they've been going a lot of vanilla, and offense and defense, they've been going a lot of vanilla. I want to see how aggressive this team's going to come out in, in this first game. I mean, from from the Eagles' offensive perspective, they're going against Dave Pease, defensive Falcons defensive coordinator, who said, I'm paraphrasing this, saying that he likes to blitz from every part of the field. Mm-hmm. And the one they did thing a lot last saying, year too, when Raheem Morris yeah. took over, like they became kind of a blitzing team, kind of opposite of what Dan Quinn was when when they fired him. When Raheem Morris came in, they kind of they got those guys going after the ball, and their defense actually got a lot better with Raheem yeah. Morris. So. And, and to me, when you're looking at a quarterback, you, you don't know where it's coming from. You can try to diagnose all you want. When you see that coming from all which, which area, it, it gets confusing. And then there's some questions, you know, like with the two heading into training camp, the two pass block, best pass blocking running backs that I always thought that I thought the team had were Carryon Johnson and Jordan Howard. Well, you not don't have Carryon Johnson Johnson because he's not on the team anymore. They have Jordan Howard practice squad. It can elevate him, but you don't know. So I'm wanting to see how these these Eagles running backs when if how they put Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott in position to do well when it comes to the pass blocking. That's the biggest key thing I want to say. I mean, everybody's going to be excited about seeing Devonta Smith. This is his first game. You want to see how Josh Sweat progressed. I want to see how they protect Jalen Hurts and see, especially with this, with, with the way that, that Atlanta's potentially going to play defense. That's the main thing I want to see. But I think I want to see how the coaching staff schemes it up and, and have everybody focused in order to enable to do it, protect Jalen Hurts. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, he was just named the starter. Um, actually, just nationally in Syrian, I think it was his press conference last week. Did you have an, any issue with kind of them taking so long to announce him as a starter? I think it. it I, I think it should have been. It could have been done earlier. I, I, I get why he. I can see why he do it because he wanted to try to instill like, hey, everybody's got to earn their spot. But 
when you don't it's stall have... competition once you get there, right? You just right. came in. You want to kind of yeah, you want to stall competition. I get it. Like, you make complete sense here. Yeah. Yeah, because like if if Joe Flacco actually worked with the first team a couple of times, you're like, okay, well, all right, cool. Everybody's gonna really work it. But when he has zero snaps with the first team except for that preseason game when Hertz wasn't able to suit up, it, it, it looked like it was more for show. But I understand why why he did it. I understand why. I don't necessarily agree with it. But I think I, I could see it being one of those situations where, you know, he pulls Hurts into the side and go, hey, listen, I want to do this. You're our guy for now. Uh, for now, for that. That's <laughs> that when it comes to the way this team sees the season. Like looking at him. Yeah. But, hey, you're our guy here. We just go along with it. We know you're a leader. Hey, play along with it. But you're wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You're our guy. So I, 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 I wish they did it sooner. Because I think it would have taken a lot of those, it, it, it taken a lot of those questions away and a lot of focus away. Going, why haven't you named them? Why haven't named them? But I mean, overall, I think it was everybody knew it was going, going to be it coming in. Did the offense in training camp look different with when Hurts was under center or Flacco under center? Like, because I the one thing that this team that I, I think they actually have to hammer down is the is the Jalen Hurts run game. If they're going to have any success this year, or if they just want to make Jalen Hurts successful in the NFL, they have to use his strengths. They have to play to his strengths. And he was a very underrated runner last year. He was actually in the top four quarterbacks in the NFL run success rate. So just how successful is everyone? If you got at least one yard on your design runs and when you're in your rollouts, and he did, he was fourth in the NFL at that. I, I think they have to kind of nail that down. What, what do you think? Like, do you think that they're going to scheme up specifically for him? Like, how did that offense look in training camp with um, with Flacco on the center or with Hurts on the center? I think you'll see some design runs when it comes to Hurts. And the one, the biggest thing I saw was I saw that Hurts took a lot more shots down the field as opposed to Flacco. And okay. I think one of that one thing you'll see is especially when you have Hurts making like using his legs to create more time to get some of those receivers open. He's going to, it's going to allow him to take more shots down the field. When I saw Flacco, I saw like the old true, more old school West coast offense, three steps, get it out to the running back, three steps, go right into the middle of the field with a, with a tight end or, or, or a slot receiver in there. I saw a lot more of that stuff with Flacco, as opposed to where you saw Hertz go back five, seven steps, scan the field and say, Hey, you know what? Let me go ahead and try to go, go for this, uh, run that flyer out or, Hey, you know what? Let me, scramble around a little bit more and then take the deep shot. So that's that's one thing I, I saw the biggest difference between the two. And I, I think Hurts is going to take a, a, a few more shots down downfield. Carson Wentz's yards per attempt was 7.2. Jalen Hurts's was 9.1. So like, yeah. you're right there. Yeah. So, the, <laughs> so there was, when, he was in, when he was in the field, and I, I think that had a lot to do with like the offensive line he was getting out. I, there was a lot of – it was kind of the perfect bad storm for Wentz. But – He's moving on to Hertz's side of things. Yeah, 9.1 yards per attempt is very encouraging for a team that has speed on the outside, like a Kez Walken, Jalen Rager, and Devonta Smith. And I, I think I think that's kind of how you have to be successful. Get motion outside or get him moving outside and take your shots downfield. Um did he was he successful at that in camp? Like did would did would how do you look as his deep ball? Because that is something that has been kind of uh not that's been kind of knock against him. Was that he doesn't really have the arm strength? How did that look? I think it's truly more like a 50. It really became a 50 50 ball. I think he put it in the areas where it gave his receivers a chance to make it. If anything, he overthrew a couple of players. Uh, a couple of players, I won't say, Hey, you know what? He's going to throw be able to throw a Hail Mary. Let's go. And he goes 80 yards down the field, standing, standing, like basically falling down. I won't say he has that. That type of thing, but you see, he he looks like he's a leg thrower in a way where he's getting that power from his legs, doesn't use just his arm, and it's using it. And he's finding a way that he's not putting too much arc on the ball, so that it's giving the defenders a chance to run up and try to have a chance to make a play. He's got he's found. It seems like he's found that 
that happy medium to at least get so that we still throw enough arc on there and get enough speed and let those guys run under it. So I thought it's deep. It's improved from what I saw last year. I thought he's definitely improved because last year, just just looking at his overall mechanics, like he was throwing off his back foot a lot. And this year, he he's not doing it as much. I mean, heck, even Brian Johnson has all the quarterbacks like practicing throwing them off in different positions and throwing off back foot and everything. But he's not making an effort to do it as much. And you're starting to see that now when it comes to his accuracy and putting the ball, and even when it comes to his deep ball too. Let's move off of the Hurts conversation. I want to talk about Jordan Maialata. He's, uh, I think it's very interesting that he, he's got the starting job. One of the cooler stories in the NFL. Is he? You think he's ready for this? You think he's ready for a full time left tackle spot? I, th- I think he is. I mean, looking at the way he was, he progressed as the season went along. I mean, just to see a guy who a came from Australia and was a rugby player, b whose training camp last year was just. I thought he was going to get cut the way he was struggling to look like. Then he comes back, bounces back. He's thrown into the mix and fire, and then he looks like a starting left tackle. He, I thought he held his own uh, given the situation. I thought he, I think he's ready. He's had an, another offseason. He's working with Jeff Stoutland. His positioning mm-hmm. looks a lot better. He, he, and the one thing I really like with Mylotta as opposed to I saw with Dillard is he seems to have that fire, that edge, that nastiness at the left tackle. You want to see the guys protecting your quarterback and. I think Maialata not only has that competitiveness, that drive, and, and has all that, and, and the physical skills, I think he's getting better with experience. And I think I, I don't think he's going to be – I'm not going to say pro bowler. I will think he'll be he'll be an average uh, average above average and hold his own considering yeah, – That's all they need, right? Yeah, that's, that's all that's they need. need. Yeah, he doesn't have to be a pro bowler this year. Like, yeah. If they can get just, like, just, bull, just above average of tackle play from him and then you can have the other side of the line – Kind of dominating like this, this is that's another thing too i feel like a lot of a lot of people are like just not even giving the eagles a time of day to even somewhat have a play make the playoffs or even have like in a winning record and in my opinion there there you can make the argument that there are top 10 in the trenches on both sides of the ball yeah, yeah, the trenches is no problem. It's, it's the, for me, the biggest question is going to be skill skill positions, but mainly in, in that secondary. I still have a lot of questions when it comes to their depth. If, hopefully, it's like Steve Nelson or Darius Slade's going. But when you look directly at the trenches, yeah, I mean, offense, the offensive line, it got to the point where you're looking like there's so much depth there. Like you're starting to work who you're going to cut. I mean, I think Matt Pryor was probably played one, was probably the Worst one, like guys that were, he was going to make this team no matter what. They got a draft pick for like their tenth offensive line. I still, I that just baffles me. He was literally not going to make the roster. Yeah, and, and, and then and then you see all the the position flexibility all these guys have. I mean, the, this is really deep. So if one guy goes down, you have somebody who could play fill it. Like two or three guys could go in and fill whether it's guard or tackle, even center. Now you could guys got could fill those roles. So it. it I, I think the offensive lines, their pro- offensive line is probably one of their deeper spots. Probably one. I probably have defensive line probably one A, one B, or even number three. It's, it's just that deep of a position. Okay, prediction time here. Just quick, quick question. Uh, percentage that Andre Dillard makes it past the deadline on the Eagles roster? I'm gonna go seventy percent. I think. He's 70? Okay, so you're high. You think you think he's here for the long run then? Oh, or at yeah. least this year. Yeah. I think everybody just looks at. I think everybody's read, read the reports and seeing this is like, yeah, we'll, we'll hold off and see and wait till the off season. <laughs> yeah, I think I think if he was going to get traded, he might have already been traded by now. But injuries happen, right? Like a team could could need a left tackle. Like of course, Indianapolis Colts uh, team. The, the team just like for COVID reasons, you know, there's just so many different 
other uh, other factors that they a team could need a left tackle. But does he is, does he have the potential to play on the right side? Like, how is he going to be used? Like, let's say the left tackle goes down, who's the first guy up? Is he is he kind of the first tackle on both sides of the ball, or strictly the left side? I think it's just strictly the left side. I think more you're looking more at LaRaven Clark possibly coming in at, on the right Man. side because I went. It's a little thing, a little thing like when it comes to just overall, like you have a guy who's played his left side the whole side, he gets used to his drop, he gets used to his back, he's putting his back foot getting set, and then you're like, okay, hey, oh uh, yeah, by the way, you just run in there and uh, fill in for this spot for at least a week. And I probably, if Driscoll was healthy, I think it's first three weeks of the Raven Clark, if Driscoll's healthy, if Driscoll's healthy, like after week three, and he comes off IR, I think he fills in before the Raven Clark. I just think when you look at, at Dillard, I think it's more of a left tackle when it comes to how often he's done it, how used to he, at, to it he'd have to be as well too. I just think that's the only spot you can put him in. I mean, it's not a, it's not a bad position to have him as your backup as of now. Maybe you used to sit and wait, and so you hope he's only you want to use him like two or three times, three, two or three games if there's an injury to Mylotta. But I just don't see him playing right side. We saw what happened at Seattle game. He got thrown in there at the right tackle side, and they had to make a and I think it was 2019, and they had to make a change immediately at, at halftime. So. I think he's just strictly a left tackle at this point. Okay, a couple more minutes in the, uh, before we go, but let's zone in on, of course, Sunday's game against the Falcons. Look, they, they, there's no it's no secret the Eagles struggled against tight ends last year. Everyone remembers a Tyler Higgy game. I think I still have nightmares, but watching him shred us for three touchdowns a week too. Is there a, is there a thing that you're looking for for John and the game to kind of slow down Kyle Pitts? Like this, the linebacker room hasn't changed too much. You got rid of Nate Gary, and then that's kind of it. They're, they're, you're kind of running back with the same guys, T.J. Edwards, Alex Singleton. How does Jonathan Gannon slow down Kyle Pitts? I think the only way they can – I know they use a lot of zone, but I think the only way you can do is really bracket them. I think that's the best way to do it because it, I, I just think – and the problem is you got Calvin Ridley on the other side potentially. It's just a rough thing exactly. to Exactly. Is Slay going to be falling around Ridley, you think? We have we haven't like they've been very mum on the plans for him to follow around. I could see I think that's their best option right now to do that and then just have Nelson go the opposite way and just have almost go like a, a cover two cover two man uh, with man underneath and have mm-hmm. a, have the safeties play. I think that's your best shot. You can't play too much zone because I think Pitts is going to find the the middle spot. And you're just going to so much be death by a thousand, thousand paper cuts. So you just find that yeah. soft zone and just Ryan's going to hit it. So they've got a I think the the. Way best way I probably think I would do is I'm just rushing him and I'm trying to put as much pressure as I can on Matt Ryan to try to make him throw early so he's not so and, and hoping he and Pitts are not on the same page as much with Pitts being a rookie trying to find the right spot to find. That's I'm putting a lot of pressure on him, Ryan. That's the best thing I think they can do. Yeah, that it's do you, this, do you think they're gonna be blitzing a lot? Like they didn't blitz a lot in Indy, right? Like I think they were bottom 10 or yeah, games because of bottom 10 and blitz kind of blitz rate. Like, do you think he's gonna kind of change that up here? I, I have I think he's going to still he'll mix it up a little bit more. I think we'll see more blitzing than we saw with the Jim Schwartz era. But I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's hard to do. They, 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 they <laughs> it was forty line to put your hair back and go for, for well, five years, right? Well, look at the bright side. You won't have to see the sticks defense now anymore. At least yeah, for a time, long time. Yep. <laughs> no more picket fence. Tennessee Titans game. Everyone remembers that a few years ago, right? So. <laughs> Oh, All right, Chris, before you go, really thanks for coming on. But a couple quick things before you go. Uh, give me a prediction. Five days away. So, uh, give me a spread. You think they can cover the spread at least? Three I, and think they, I think they cover and I think they win. Oh, okay. We got a we got a win prediction I mean, already. If Julio Jones was it on this team, I would have got a loss. But with Jones in Tennessee, I think the Eagles actually 
could could win this game. I, I definitely think they cover. I definitely think three, especially with the if it's is it three and a half still with three that and hook? Half right now? Yeah, yeah with the yeah. hook. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the uh, I'll take the Eagles with the hook. I'll do that, but okay. uh, I think they win. <laughs> cool. And uh, quickly, why don't you plug in where the listeners can read your stuff and where they can find your work? Oh, perfect. Is uh, if you want to check uh, out nj.com slash Eagles, you want to check me on Twitter, C Franklin News. We will be back for the episode three of Eagles Talk with Deke on Thursday. Me and Thomas Pearson will be doing some film breakdown of Atlanta. We got a mailbag for you then. Talk to you later.